0: Thank you.
1: You're listening to The Real World with Dama and Dora, without Dama, just Dora. Um, Dama is currently vacationing. I couldn't remember if she was London or Tel Aviv, but wherever you are, Dama, shout out to you. We miss you. And hey, um, The Real World is the UBC Film Society's radio show where we try to connect with other campus clubs and organizations through film, Um, and we are broadcasting live from the unceded Musqueam and Coastal Territory here on UBC campus in Vancouver, British Columbia, um, I'm joined today by Camille. Yes. Rick, yes, nailed that um before I was like, Do how do I say your name right? Um Camille is a high school intern here at the station. Um, check out her fill in on Tuesday. It's gonna be really fun. Not as fun as this episode though. Um, so today we're talking about Cleopatra and like what that means. Um Cleopatra is like a name that... A lot of people know and everyone's kind of heard of her and everyone has an idea of her or cu- at least kind of an idea of her um but I'm really interested in like how that idea came to be and like how that like is reflected like in the world um I've been like really obsessed with this for like two years now mm-hmm. so this is like a comment. this is gonna be like a little mini monologue with like little spurts of camea um where I just like explode all of like my passion so get ready listeners because it's going to be a wild ride um i almost forgot we actually started off the episode with a like i don't even know how to say it it's like um you know like a classical piece of music called anthony and cleopatra because we're talking about cleopatra and that's what a lot of the movies are about um so I'm going to start with a really, really, like, I think, like, kind of simple question, but just, like, basic question is probably a better way to phrase it. Come here. what do you know about Cleopatra?
2: Well, in movies, she's kind of portrayed as a big feminist um, and, sorry, um, big female kind of role, but she also is shown in, like, in a way where she's kind of mysterious because how do I put this she she's always seen as like kind of like in, oh, in charge. Like yeah how no to totally like, how to like put it it's like in a way like kind of bossy and um just a little bit of a brat in most movies
1: yeah no totally um that is not an accident uh, i study classics so this is gonna be a lot of like info i was saying a little earlier this might be the most um probably substantial slash real real world episode we've ever had because i'm gonna be throwing some facts out into the world um since like the founding of like since her like conception um cleopatra's been kind of portrayed as like exactly a brat like A young woman who like has all this power and like doesn't really know how to use it um which is not true um when she ruled well I'll give you a little like a timeline of Cleo herself I call her Cleo because I pretend that we're friends even though she's definitely dead um so Cleopatra's like parents died and she and her brother Ptolemy the 13th um were were like tasked with like manning egypt or like ruling egypt but ptolemy was 10 years old so he was kind of like a fickle little leader um he pushed cleopatra out he like exiled her um and this was around the time that the romans were really like julius caesar was really working to expand the empire beyond he'd already like kind of conquered gaul and was just kind of establishing and expanding rome's rule and um One of Caesar's, like, main adversaries fled to Egypt and Ptolemy, like, killed him on sight, which is freaky. Um, And Caesar was really mad. So Caesar was like, this guy is really volatile, really young, really juvenile and, like, doesn't really get it yet. I need someone. And, like, uncontrollable. Like, someone that young doesn't actually know what they're doing and, like, will make bad decisions like even if like adults who are like very calculating kind of like tell him what to do, he'll be like, No, no, no. So he was like, I need someone on the throne who I can kind of control or like have like real conversations and dialogues with. Um and Cleopatra found like came out of exile and found Caesar and asked him for help to put her back on the throne because she also kind of recognized that Ptolemy maybe was not the best choice. So Caesar did that. He got her back on the throne and in that time she fell in love with Caesar. She had his son um Ptolemy Caesar um and they like went on this really long trip down the Nile um like to like kind of survey Egypt and she the way it's kind of like um I guess like really understood is that she or like kind of shown or like what the sources say is that she understood them to be ruling Egypt together. Like she saw it more as like, she is the Egypt side of it and he's the Rome side of it. And they are like a real couple and he was going to stay in Egypt. Um, and he did this long campaign down to kind of like, should like be like, Oh look, I'm Julius Caesar. And she was like, Oh look, he's Julius Caesar. We're working together. We, we are Egypt. Um, and then he went back to Rome and she was like, what the heck? Where'd my husband go? Um, And then he was assassinated and she joined forces with Mark Antony. Like she supported him as it was kind of down to um, this, like these three guys who were like taking over Rome. (laughs) I'm so sorry, Camille. I'm just like, this must be so boring, but I will power ahead. Um, I'm almost done. Um, And one of those, it was Octavian, this guy who like no one really, I mean, he was very important. Everyone remembers him, but I don't really know his name. That's how unimportant he is to this narrative and Mark Antony and Mark Antony famously fell in love with Cleopatra she and he kind of coupled off they had twins um he they got married um they moved to Egypt he kind of like renounces his Romanness, or like that's how it's understood in Rome and um then Octavian declares war on Antony and Cleopatra and they die like they commit suicide (laughs) well Anthony dies um no they commit suicide together they lose this really big battle the battle at Actium go back to Egypt and boom so that's like the beautiful I like hate how like kind of poetic it is to me like that whole roller coaster for her um and it's a fun story like it really is a roller coaster um And since, like, but the freaky thing about it is there was, like, a huge amount of misogyny in the ancient Near East. So she was a very strong, very capable woman. And it especially is unfortunate that she was kind of on the losing side of history because all of the sources... Paint her as evil, paint her as jealous, paint her as manipulative and, like, using her sexuality to, like, get what she wants. Like, saying that she, like, pretended to love Antony and Caesar. Um, so she kind of got this really bad rep for all these male historians <laughs> throughout history, like, creating this image in everyone's brain. Um, and then also it doesn't help that all of the – or a lot of the, um, like – media and art that like have been a result of those sources and like of that time period just reflect that and if anything like exaggerate it so she's got a really bad rap there is one source that I really like I can't place it right now um although I don't think anyone would actually look it up but she there's one source that's like she was very magnetic she was a very charismatic person like there, like it's funny to see the closer to her actual life like the sources being produced um i mean i assume they're more accurate because like they actually knew her but or i guess the farther away the more she's sexualized the more she's infantilized the more she's like feminized um but this one source was like she was not very beautiful she just had a really charming personality she was really really smart she spoke like seven languages or something and in her time ruling egypt she did a really amazing job she like created a lot of um like it was a big thing back then <laughs> like um architecture and structural work like that's where a lot of like pretty much 100 percent of jobs were um and like she was always doing building campaigns she was constantly creating projects she was um and like not like build my tomb but like let's build a marketplace Like, let's build houses. Um, And Egypt really thrived under her rule. um, In ancient terms. like I would not say my mom... My mom always makes fun of, or, like, comments on those, like, what era do you want to live in? And she's like, the modern era. They did not have plumbing. (laughs) Like, it was not great there. Um, But she did a really... She, I mean... I'm always shocked by like the lack of like there was so little communication between like parties like which is insane like now we can like send an email and like boom like someone around, across the globe um suddenly has like an update or information um but back then like it was hard to like actually like get one one idea to the of another place, and she was really really good at it like I find her really um fascinating she's also one of um i think of her as like the first female celebrity um which is a really cool role to fill i am obsessed with celebrities if you've heard me on like any other show i'm probably talking about a celebrity on catr um and i've done it a lot on this show as well so i find her really engaging so um Let's kind of get into film, I guess. Let's do it. Um, did you watch any movies? Was okay. No, let me preface this. Was that helpful at all? Like right now? Yeah.
2: Yeah, that I actually that really opened my eyes because what I was reading was pretty short, so I didn't really get the full story, and I didn't even in like school I didn't really learn about um, Egypt. So I knew about Cleopatra from movies, just in a sense of like. Bratty kind of thing, but I didn't really know the whole backstory about how um, her life was, and I feel like that was really interesting to me.
1: Okay, cool. I was just like terrified for a second that I'd just been like talking for no reason. No, I know history. Okay. Oh, awesome. Do you know what you want to study? I want to be a cartoon artist. <laughs> that's awesome. Do Cleopatra. But sorry, oh, yeah. That's fine. <laughs> that. That's off track. Did you watch any movies? Recently, no. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> um, no, no, no. Um, so, has your like idea of Cleopatra representation changed at all? Like, well, sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead.
2: Um, definitely. I think she was very ahead of her time. Like. I think she's one of the, probably the biggest like feminist like role models because of how um, well obviously in media uh, not media but in movies and films and in history she's kind of seen like I said before bratty but when you really get into the story you you really see that she had more going for her like how she had she was in charge of Egypt building markets and really really there for the people so I feel like Wow,
1: yeah, she was really one of the first um, female leaders, mm-hmm. um, which is amazing. Um, so I have several thoughts, but before we talk about film, let's listen to some tunes because we can't. Um, this is Saint Lucia by Bernice. Um, Bernice is a Toronto artist. Um, it's kind of like pop i feel like i've played her like the past few shows i love her um so you can deal and listen to her um this is the real world on ctr 11.9 of m
0: Bye.
2: radio 101.9 fm discord magazine and mint records present hot dog days it's a monthly concert and video series at what's up hot dog featuring local acts good food pinball and high fives admission is free the event is all ages and you can buy a hot dog the next hot dog day is tuesday may 23rd at 8 p.m with hygiene and shrouded dance hot dog hot dog 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 hot dog vancouver's cultural landscape is changing On May 21st, join the Chinese Canadian Historical Society of British Columbia on a free walking tour and explore Vancouver's cultural landscape in relation to the past, present, and future. The tour will meet at 11 a.m. at the Chinese Cultural Center on 50 East Pender Street. Presented by the Chinese Canadian Historical Society of BC in celebration of Asian Heritage Month.
3: Love tea that night that wash away down to my bones you get a little closer to home yeah.
1: Welcome back to the real world on CITR 101.9 FM, broadcasting live from Musqueam and Coastal Territory here on UBC campus in Vancouver, British Columbia. Oof, I'm getting really good at saying that fast and coherently. Um, today, it's Dama Liss, it's just Dora and Camille. Hello again. Hello. Um, we are talking about Cleopatra in film. Um, oh, you just. Clementine um was it my fault um off of Honora's post-romantic stress disorder I love this album I've been featuring it pretty consistently on like every show I've ever had the goals and opportunity to sit in on so kind of you're welcome for that um so yeah we're talking about Cleopatra we just kind of I just kind of went over um a brief I'm putting that in like very strong air quotes like timeline of her history and like a very brief i think um like summary of like her representation throughout the ages um and now we're just gonna dive into film woohoo um so you said something about a vamp in the 1917
2: one um so i looked that up about the 1917 film um And it said that she was portrayed as a vamp. And the definition of vamp is just a woman who kind of uses her sexuality to kind of trap men in a way.
1: Cool. Yes, that's like pretty much exactly what um, Cleo is like in history. Like something that I find really fascinating about um, Cleopatra's like role, I guess, and like how she's been portrayed is that her name like just just the name and those syllables in the same and sounds like in that order have so much cultural weight um it's really amazing and it's all um something that i find frustrating because i find her really really fascinating and i kind of like look up to her <laughs> is um it all's quite negative like i was on my way here and i was kind of typing out um like adjectives that um are associated with her i I, how i what i understand to be associated with her and it's like bratty sexy exotic manipulative false kind of mystical and magical um strong headed but also at the same time kind of submissive um and just like kind of like the embodiment of feminine evil um which kind of has to do i'm writing a paper right now um which might be why i'm like so into this in the moment at the moment but um i'm writing about how like orientalism in like classical horror movies um like affects the like role of gender and sexuality in those films so like for example i'm writing about the mummy and that really like is about egyptology um and like Ori- I'm just going to define Orientalism. Um, comes from a 1978 paper by Edward Said, um, who was a Middle Eastern academic at the time. And he basically was like the West, like the Orient, um, which he defines as like in, in a European context of um, like the, the Near East and like kind of yeah, just like the Middle East and Northern Africa northeastern africa um versus an american idea of the orient as like um far east asia um is like exot like exoticized and mystified um to the point where there are kind of two binaries of um like the magical and erotic and the aggressive and sexual but it's always sexualized and always kind of um dismissed like it's pretty it's like very um very much a symptom of like european enlightenment that just like shunned mysticism and like spirituality kind of like in any real way um and the near east has always been kind of like especially even in like ancient like antiquity um egypt was seen as magical and freaky and like a lot of potions and medicine and um like very like feminized like in a as like a culture um because it did it was associated with this like intuition and spirituality that the greeks had but um they also were like very scientifically minded and um rome was very militaristically minded um and that really started this trend well, in my opinion, I don't know if this is in said article. I have not read it all the way through. It's actually a book. I don't know why I said article. Um, but it's sort of this trend of exoticizing and mystifying like an entire region, um, which is like pretty wild. Um, And in film, like the, between 1908 and 1918, eight films about Cleopatra were made. Um, Which is pretty shocking. Um, This was like when film was like just starting to like get its real sea legs. The studio system was like happening. Um, And I find that very significant. Like the audiences and the filmmakers both resonated with this story that is like historical. um, But has been romanticized and... um, kind of i'm trying to think of the word like it's been made it's been fictionalized um and dramatized if that's the word um to this point where it like is kind of like a cousin of history um and it is able to like couch a lot of cultural and social um attitudes because it has this historical sheen over it it has this like factual magic kind of sprinkled on it even though it is very culturally um like affected and like like pregnant with social attitudes of orientalism. and in the 1917 one the idea that she's a like a vamp and like a like someone who just uses her body to like get what she wants is especially I think kind of funny. I think most representations of Cleopatra are funny because it's like, what are you doing? You just have no idea. You like went out there with this idea and like didn't even research you, did not challenge you, just kind of made it and went on with your life. Um but it's funny to see this representation of a woman because they did want like this like people are sexist. They did, like create this like sexist sexist image and um this idea of femininity that is like pretty harmful but at the same time um it was a huge movie so they also had to make her like likable they had, people had to connect with her so she has this sh- there are two main um relationships that pretty much every Cleopatra movie touches on and it's the her relationship with Caesar and then his assassination and then her relationship with Mark Antony and there's a very clear split between the two um, kind of sections of the films and in the first the first is there's is a famous story where she presents herself to see C- like she breaks into this palace that Caesar's staying in in a rug and like she rolls herself up in it and then rolls out and um, she chumps him with her um, antics and she use she really it's a weird mixture of she thinks that she's using her body f- to um get what she wants, but it's almost like she doesn't even know like she is very sexy and she is very like ooh like seductive, but Caesar really wants Cleopatra in power for himself, like he's not really taken by he he doesn't fall for Cleopatra um so she's kind of seen as taking these actions and like presenting herself in a way that is like childish and she kind of makes a fool of herself. Um, but at the same time, like she does marry Caesar. Um, it's like a weird paradox that pretty much every Cleopatra movie has kind of struggles with um, because then also they hate it show her as genuinely falling in love with Caesar and genuinely falling in love with Mark Antony um, even though that one's a little more questioned because she's supposed to be like a hardened politician like female sexy politician Um, but this weird reconciliation of like evil woman but also main character is really fascinating i think and is in pretty much all of them um so the 1917 one was probably the first really big cleopatra movie that came out um but the 1934 one really established a lot of the like cinematic and like american cultural conventions around cleopatra and cleopatra representation in film um it was directed by cecil b de who did a lot of like, classicism in film. And he asked um, Claudette... Oh, how do you say her last name? um, Claudette Colbert? I'm assuming it's, like, Stephen Colbert, but, like, Colbert. Um, How, quote, how would you like to play the wickedest woman in history? That's, like, the cachet line that all the papers reported on. Um, And we're like, ooh, she's evil. Um, And they chose Claudette Colbert because she... Was kind of like a sexy, seductive, um, exotic, because she had like black hair, <laughs> um Hollywood actress. Um, and she accepted and she did a great, very evil, wicked job. Um, she really hit home the very sexy, very young, very manipulative kind of package um, and with a lot of like another big thing in um, especially like orientalist theory is like especially like in comparison to European and America's, American like aestheticism and reservation and protectionism this idea of like extravagance um, and yeah I'm trying to think of a word I feel like it gives a letter D but it's okay we can move on um that is like a really over the top in this version um she like is constantly has like leopards and like a huge pink feathers and there's like glitter falling from like her fingertips like it's very impressive um but also I found it very frustrating because it kind of shows this woman drunk with power um when I really don't see that as her role at all um but i've been talking for a really long time and we're gonna play a couple more songs because that's how we break up the time here on the real world on chr 101.9 fm this is at mem by jlk they're a band out of montreal um and yeah i think i think dama would really like this song so enjoy that and thank you for tuning in to The Real World on the ADR 1.9 FM.
2: tired of begging for rides from your friends? Bobby, I don't have time to take you to the soda shop again this week. Lugging those groceries on the bus got you in a sweat? Man, oh man, these bags of salt sure are hefty. Being on campus without a car ain't easy. So check out Zipcar and get wheels when you want them. Join now to get your membership for only $20 at zipcar.ca backslash UBC. range of music from India including popular music from the 1930s to the present
0: rhythms India
2: alternating sundays 8 to 9 p.m. at CITR 101.9 FM
4: That's um...
1: hey and welcome back to the real world on catr 101.9 fm that was timing off of home shakes latest album fresh air i feel like everyone went like wild for this um album when it came out and i don't think we ever showed it any love so that happened it's really great um this is a very special real world episode of Cleopatra what <laughs> that was for Camille. um This episode is all about Cleopatra. I am dama today. It's just Dora with special lovely guest, high school intern, Camille, learning how to do what we do here at CITR, and which you could do too, dear listener. If you ever want to learn about radio or radio production or, like, magazines or whatever, um, just come to the station and learn. We are always willing to give you the guiding hand. Um, But we are talking about Cleopatra. Um, It's pretty much been just me, like ranting for um the past 47 minutes but you know what that's okay you all can deal um so we just wrapped up a little bit of a combo on the 1917 and 1934 um I guess like versions of the Cleopatra story and film they really worked to set the tone um and solidify the American Hollywood representation of Cleopatra but now we're going on the Big Dog, The Number One, the 1963 Cleopatra. Um, do you know that movie at all? No, not really. That's <laughs> <laughs> chill. Um That's funny, but that's true Um this movie was so big when it came out. Um it's Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton. Um And at the time, I think they were both married to other people, but also, like, falling in love with each other, which is pretty funny, um, I think, because the Cleopatra character is so kind of, like, founded in scandal and drama and love and sex and whatever, and the two main characters, or two actors of the two main characters in this movie were, like, tied up in this scandalous love affair. Um... We're actually getting a caller. I'm going to see if I can answer it because I'm not skilled at this, but this could work out. Hello? Hello? Hi, what's your name?
5: My name is Bart. I couldn't resist calling in when you were talking about Cleopatra there and what a big deal it was in the 60s. I grew up in the 60s and it was like the Titanic of the day.
1: Yeah, I feel like I just discovered it maybe a couple years ago, and it's so spectacular. Like, the amount of money and decadence is overwhelming.
5: Oh, yeah, it was an obscene amount of money even back then that they spent on it, and I don't think they ever really recouped the money from it.
1: Oh, I don't think so. Did you see it in theaters?
5: Uh, No, actually, uh, by the time I saw it, it was uh, on a a VCR tape. Remember VCR tapes? (laughs)
1: A very distant I'm an, memory.
5: I'm an old person, what can I say?
1: <laughs> um, why could you just not resist? What about that film really made you want to let the world know?
5: Well, you know, it was one of those things that at the time, uh, both Richard Taylor and, uh, pardon me, Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton were top of their game. And uh, Richard Burton was so such a big star at the time. I don't know if you heard this story, but he was in a bar with another guy, And they were going to shut down the bar, and him and the other guy actually bought the bar from the owner so they could stay in there drinking.
1: (laughs) That's so dramatic. That's so fitting for a huge movie star, I think, especially of his caliber for a Mark Antony. Um, And one of the biggest
5: biggest diamond rings ever bought for another person was that he bought for her.
1: That's shocking.
5: Um, And, And. what about the, the Cleopatra...
1: <laughs> sorry, go ahead.
5: He was like the Kanye West. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's amazing. I'm actually... I was planning to talk a little later in the show about how Cleopatra reminds me of Kim Kardashian. You really beat me to that punch. Um, oh, sorry about that. <laughs> um, why do you think the Cleopatra narrative is so... has lasted for so long?
5: Well, when you think about she was kind of the original feminist when you think about it she was able to do things that women didn't think were possible and she was like powerful and she was seductive and you know i mean she's the guy that made mark anthony go against caesar i mean wow
1: yeah that's exactly how i feel
5: that's a game changer (laughs) you know And, and she uh was unafraid of her sexuality apparently had a very uh uh Hard to quench uh, libido, and you know, it's just—it was—it was, it was kind of like the reverse of what men were able to do. Uh, so it was—it was—it was kind of amazing, and it's—it's it's amazing that the Egyptians did it so long ago, and the Americans are petrified of electing a woman president. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's yeah,
1: you know? that's beautifully fitting. Um, I feel like I was watching a bunch of Donald Trump like videos today, just like crying in my bed
5: did you do a show a while back about everything is illuminated yes we did that was an amazing show i tried to call in on that one because that that was one of those movies that is kind of like a bit of a game changer you you don't know what to expect from it and what you get from it is way 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 more than what you're expecting
1: yeah that's exactly how i felt
5: yeah I, i actually a long time ago started making a a list of movies that i've saw over my lifetime i'm 55 and uh, and sometimes I'll lend it to other people because they're ones that you can't necessarily find on Netflix. You have to go to the library or
0: mm-hmm.
5: uh, go to go to obscure places to get it. But sometimes it's worth it. You know, I I refuse to kind of let net Netflix kind of define the scope of what I'm willing to see.
1: That's very brave in the Netflix day and age.
5: Yeah, well, it's just that uh, you know, I, I guess I'm older. <laughs> I, I remember my pre-internet brain. <laughs> And I miss it sometimes. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm going to let you get back to your show. Just wanted you to know I really enjoyed it. And, and any time that gets that you're able to use your um, platform to get other people to think about things in a different way, that's that's awesome. And I appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much. That means a lot.
5: You, know, cause you, you can't get this sort of thing from regular radio at all.
1: And CHR is super happy to provide. That's
5: well, there you go. Keep
1: up the good work, Dora. Thanks. Have a great day. You
5: too. Bye for now. Bye.
1: Thanks for calling. That was so exciting. <laughs> I'm shaking. Um. So yeah, that was like a beautiful. I think like real emphasis on like how um timeless this narrative is, and how I guess like back to the Richard Burton and Elizabeth Taylor movie, how incredibly um effective it was. Like. It, the, the relationship between the two actors made it um, just, like, that much more exciting. But also, like Bart said, it, like, went so over budget. It was the most extravagant movie I think ever made in the history of film. There were, like... 18-foot-high chairs that Elizabeth Burton was pushed around on these mock sets of Rome. Um, and the whole time she was – she did, a, I think, a, a much more – I mean, it came out much later than the 1917 one and the 1934 one, but it had this, this wave and this, like, feeling of feminism and female empowerment and her actually being in control and actually having – a voice that the other films didn't have. The other films, she was kind of um, just almost bumbling along in this male narrative and this male sphere. Um, but she is, the the film does a much better job of showing that, yeah, no, she actually had power and she actually had influence. Um, and she did use, I mean, I don't know how much her sexuality was effective in like securing her power but she did create i mean in antiquity marriage and up until like the middle ages um and even probably like still today um marriages were how you made political alliances and how you like so, like solidified um your position in a political landscape and just because she arranged her own advantageous marriages and couplings doesn't make them any less impressive or profound or influential um so if you have not seen the 1963 Elizabeth- or cleopatra that's really shocking um unless if you're under i will say if you're ni- under 19 and you haven't seen it that's okay but really get on that course and you should look it up it's quite long but it's worth it um I also had. I wanted. I also love Kim Kardashian. I love celebrities. I've mentioned that a little earlier in the show, um, and I think that Kim Kardashian is the a contemporary Cleopatra. Cleopatra had a bad rap. She was super sexy. She was like just a woman who like was didn't really have that much agency and just kind of living her life um, as a, t- a pawn for all these other people. Um, she was silly and just sexy and whatever that's what people think of kim kardashian they think of her as a large behind with like beautiful luscious hair and a gorgeous genetic face um but she really has and like as like a, just a frivolous feminine like just a, a, a woman body but she really is so much more um i think i love her so <laughs> I might not be the best source on, like, weighted Kim K talk discussion. But I think she has, similar, to, similarly to Cleopatra, just, like, genuine charisma and genuine character. Because people don't want to work with someone who you don't want to be around. And she's been able to, like Cleopatra, she's used what's available to her. She's used her body and her sexuality and her femininity But to put her in a very, like, an incredible um, place of power. So thank you so much for tuning in to The Real World on CATR. Um, Coming up next is Dave Radio with Radio Dave on the radio. Um, I'll play you out with Right Here by Silo Nasra. Um, He's a Toronto artist. So, yeah, thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great day.
6: Into the hundred eyes The judge across the table There was like so is my last demise You tell me why I need it You tell me why I want it Pressing hard against my skin My lungs are chasing wind I yeah, alone oh. This confidence endlessly pushing me. I don't need your company, I won't give in. Wait till I see the truth. Don't know what I've got to lose. It's all the same. But you want a pedestal, but you don't know that it kills. So easy to play blame knowing that you had a kid but you wanted to still know without of the same